If you have your Bible and are and would like, turn to John chapter 10. That is where we're going to be this morning. John 10. <clears throat> uh, hope you picked up a handout. We'll follow along with some notes as we go today, or you can use the app, either one. Uh, but we're going to be in John chapter 10. We're going to be talking about Jesus the, sh- Jesus the shepherd and shepherds in general today as we continue our series, Be Jesus. We are going to talk a little bit about shepherds as elders as well, which I'm excited about as, as well this morning. John chapter 10 verse 10 is the first verse that I'd like to look at uh, before getting into our text and backing up a little bit. John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Now, he gives us, Jesus here gives us a couple options. He says, you can go with the thief or you can go with a good shepherd. Uh, I don't want to go with anybody whose job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's Satan's job. He wants nothing more uh, to steal your relationships, to, to kill you physically, spiritually, emotionally, uh, to destroy everything that you love, and, and that is his job on this earth. While at the same time, here's Jesus going, I have come that you can have life. The life, or the word life here in the Greek is the word zoe, meaning the best kind of life. Jesus says, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring you the very best. Every, the best that I have to offer in the way of life I'm going to give you. Now, the thing that I like about Jesus is Jesus is not just a shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the one that by the time I was through working this lesson over several times, I couldn't help but think, I need this. He is exactly offering everything that I need. So jump with me back to verse 3, and let's look for a second at where we're going to go in talking about Jesus as our good shepherd. Notice in verse 3 what Jesus says as he's talking about the good shepherd. He says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now, there's several things about Jesus the shepherd here that we can pick up that he tells us that he does for us since he is the good shepherd. He leads his sheep and he knows his sheep. And one of the ones we didn't even talk about there is that he calls him by name. I love the fact that we have a shepherd that leads us, not a shepherd that pushes us, not a shepherd that stands behind with a bull whip and whips us, um, not a shepherd that's got a cattle prod that gets us to move. He's a shepherd who leads. He's not a Gestapo shepherd. He's a shepherd who goes, let me show you how this is done. I need a shepherd that would take control of my life. I like leaders who lead, not in a way of going, this is how you should do it, in ways of going, let me show you, come follow me. And that's exactly the kind of shepherd that we have. We have a a Savior who has come to this earth and said, if you'll watch me, I will teach you how to do this life that God has called us to do. I love the fact that we have a shepherd who does lead. We can trust his leadership. He is going to lead us. If you jump back, we're not going to go there. But I love Psalm, uh, 23rd Psalm. Who doesn't love that Psalm? And can you remember the two places in that Psalm where it says the good shepherd leads us beside the quiet waters and in paths of righteousness? Those are two places that... uh, Sound pretty exciting to me. He only leads in good places. The other thing in the text, he knows them. I want a shepherd that knows me. Now, the first time you look at this, you may look at this and you go, so Jesus knows everything about me. He does. 
And your first thought was he knows all the bad I do. Of course he does. But he also knows all the good that you do. And I want a shepherd that knows my bad and knows my good, a shepherd that doesn't just see what he wants to see, a shepherd that knows what it is that I need, what it is that I do well at. He sees not just the times I've made mistakes. Jesus also knows the times where I make a great decision or I do something that uh, is for him that nobody else sees. Jesus not just sees the bad, and we've really emphasized that in my past history, that Jesus just looks for the bad stuff in your life. He also looks for the good stuff. He knows his sheep. I, thinking about a shepherd that knows me, love the fact of knowing that I've got a shepherd that doesn't get confused who I am. I had a doctor years ago when I had struggled with cancer that every time I would walk in or every time I'd go to his office, he would walk in with my chart, reading my chart, and he would be going, okay, now I said, this, this was like the fourth, fifth, sixth time I'd come in. Now, let's see, your name is Trey, and you live in Childress, and let's see, what kind of problem do you have? And I would remember thinking, wait, you've, you've waited until you come into the room to try to figure out who I am and what's wrong with me? And you, you don't even remember, you know, at least do it in the hall and act like you know who I am when you come in. And, and I just remember that bothered me so much because I thought, here's a guy who's supposed to be taking care of me, and yet not only... I'm okay if he didn't quite know my name, but he didn't even know what's wrong with me until he looks at my chart. Now, we have a shepherd that knows us. You never stop and pray to the good shepherd that he goes, now let me see, now, now which one are you? He never does that. He, he knows you. He knows you inside and out. And I love the fact that I have a shepherd that knows me and knows who I am. There is something about that. It means he wants and has a relationship with us. The thing that's not on your outline, if you're taking notes and want to write it in there, he also calls you by name. Is there, is there not a sweeter thing in, in this world than, than hearing somebody call you by your own name? Um, I remember when we moved to Childress. We moved to Childress in 2003, and all my kids started school in January, midterm. And so they were the new kids. And uh, I remember Connor, who was about uh, uh, third grade, being in a PE class, and every day I'd pick him up, how was school, it was good, how was school, it was good, how was school. And about two weeks into school, I picked him up, how was school, and I didn't get it, it was good, it, it was great today, Dad. And I asked him, I said, really, what made school great today? And he said, my coach today called me by my name. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I've always been, hey, buddy, or hey, you, or, or hey, new kid. And today, he called me Connor. And that was such a big deal to such a little boy to have his name called. And I, re I, I just realized at that point how important it is that you know names and that you know people. And that we have a shepherd that doesn't call you, hey, buddy, or hey, you, or hello, sir. That he actually calls you by name. I love the fact that the sheep know his voice. Let's look at uh, point number two, verse 11. Verse 11 is an incredible verse as you pick up what the shepherd does. He says, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Nothing oozes love like putting the sheep first. Jesus comes along and says, what do the sheep need? Well, the sheep need a savior. The sheep need someone that lays down their life. The, shepherd, uh, the sheep needs someone that lays down their life for them. And he says that I will do it. 
I need a shepherd who lays down his life for me because that's not just something that I want. It's something that I must have in order to have a relationship with God. Third thing in our text, if you look in verse 12 and verse 13, it says down here that the, the hired hand, this is a man that's not the shepherd. A hired man is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and, and, and does not own the sheep. Uh, you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, I'm not a hired hand. Jesus is going, I, I have a connection to the sheep. The hired hand, when the wolf comes to attack you, he runs off. But Jesus goes, I don't run. I stay. I fight. I am there with you the whole time. I love having a shepherd who is going to be with me through thick and through thin. When the wolf comes, Jesus doesn't run. He stays. And the wolf will come in your life. He's going to come, and he's going to come in the form of sickness. He's going to come in the form of temptation. He's going to come in the form of sin. He's going to come in the form of relationship issues, in, in the form of Satan. And there are times when friends that you love are going to check out on you when things get tough. Maybe family aren't there when you want them to be. But I can promise you Jesus stays. He never leaves. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, I will never leave or forsake you. Let me throw out just a quick story to remind you real quick. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a young slave girl by the name of Hagar. And, and I'd love, I'm hoping somewhere down the line, I get to preach a lesson on Hagar. When, when we talk about Jesus staying and Jesus doing all these things for us, sometimes we feel like, well, I can see him being the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of David and the God of Moses. Those are all really important people, but I'm just kind of a nobody. And you meet Hagar, who's literally a nobody. And she goes through some really tough stuff, and she finally leaves. Uh, leaves and runs away to pretty much go die in a desert. And God sees her. And God comes and talks to her and says, I see you. I know you. I want you to go back where you came from. And I'm going to take care of you. And Hagar gives God the name of El Roi, which means the God who sees. And I love the fact of knowing that God doesn't, that the shepherd doesn't just look down and go, hey, I like him because he's talented, or I like her because she's smart, or he sings well, or she teaches a really good kids class in Bible class. He looks down and he sees everybody, no matter who you are, no matter what you feel about yourself, the shepherd stays by your side, and I absolutely love that. So let's take for a moment, Don uh, Click just a moment ago talked a little bit about shepherds that we're going to look to add to our group. Elders, another word for elder is a word shepherd, uh, oftentimes used in the Bible. And we can learn a lot about this elder nomination uh, and what an elder is supposed to look like what a shepherd's supposed to look like by looking at the same things that we just saw that Jesus do. And I'd like to take a moment this morning to talk about shepherds in our church you're going to find attributes or characteristics of what shepherds are supposed to be on the nomination forms, uh, whether you pick them up at a kiosk, whether you use a QR code, things that you go through and you look at and you go, do I know someone who fits these qualities? 
Now I want to take just a second and look at some qualities of shepherds that are elders that are like Jesus. And the first one, if you notice, it fits the exact same point as point number one. Jesus, the good shepherd, leads and knows his sheep. And elders also lead and know their sheep. And it is good to know that elders are leaders. Not, as we talked earlier, Gestapos. Not people who stand behind and go, you get out there and get this done. But people who lead. I love this graphic. Absolutely love this graphic. Because I think this is one of the greatest ways to show you what uh, an elder a shepherd in our churches are supposed to look like. Notice um, the one up here, uh, the, the elder or the leader is behind, above, and he's pointing going, go this way, you do it like this, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. And, and it's neither good to do, do it that way or biblical to do it that way. And then you look at the other graphic when it t- we're talking leaders and elders and even how Jesus does it, and we find him not up here lording over everybody else, but here he is at the front of the line. And that stage drops off right there. Um, Here he is at the front of the line, and he is going, come on, let's go. I'm going to show you how to do it. That's what an elder, that's what a shepherd in a church is supposed to do. I will tell you, I've only been here for about a month but I've been very impressed with the, the, the shepherds that lead this congregation. I've been impressed for a lot of reasons. I've seen them in meetings. They attend everything. They're in Bible classes. They make hospital visits. They check on sick people all the time. They report to others, can you pray about such and such? They check on people who are struggling. I love how they lead sheep. And I want you to take serious the thought of adding new people to that. Do they fit these attributes. I love watching shepherds lead. One of the things I loved about my shepherds in Childress was if you just step back and watch a little bit, we'd have an all-church potluck and the last people there vacuuming and cleaning and working and putting up tables and chairs would be your, your leaders and your shepherds. They'd be the first there to help greet people, whatever it was. You look around and you'll see those people leading. And I want to throw this out there because this is a really important point. If you nominate someone and you look at all the attributes that they're supposed to have as a shepherd like Jesus and the attributes that are told to us in, in Timothy and, and in Titus of, of things, qualifications that they're supposed to have, these aren't things that if they're nominated, they're going to start doing. These are all things they should already be doing right now. And so look for those people who are doing these things. Now, can I remind you that as sheep, we know their voice. We listen to them. They have our best interests. The second thing when it comes to shepherds, elders that are like Jesus, not only do they lead and know their sheep, but they put the needs of the sheep first. I can promise you that the elders think oftentimes, what does this congregation need? What does the church here need? What is best for the church? They want to see the church fed spiritually. They want to see uh, and look for threats or anything that might hurt the church because they want to put the church's needs first. The church at Ephesus, when Paul was getting ready to leave in Acts chapter 20, said this, To the elders there, and I love these verses in verses 28 and verse 29. He said to the elders of that church, Keep watch over yourselves, all the flock 
of the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought, bought with his own blood, that I know after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock. That's what shepherds do. Third thing that they do is they stay close. Just like Jesus stays close, they stay close. They know their sheep. They're going to be there when things are hard, when things are bad. Uh, when the wolves come, they will stay. I'm thankful this past week I had a shepherd that one of our elders stopped by my office during the day and just sat down with me for a few minutes, checked in, and then asked before he left, could I pray with you? And I said, I would absolutely love that. There's nothing like knowing that you're being prayed for. And I have no doubt if that's something that you ever need, that that is something that the elders would do for you. They will come, they will find, and they will pray for you. They, they meet on Sundays after the later service in the parlor to pray with folks who are needing prayers. We need shepherds that will continue to do these things. Can I encourage you with this little point that I'd like to make right here, that your shepherds, whoever they are, your elders, uh, it, it is a, it's a tough thing to be a, a shepherd, an elder, a leader in the church. I, I would like to encourage you to get to know them, know who they are. I would like to encourage you to pray for them by name. That's one of the best things you can do for your leadership and for the church, to listen to them. Um, when they have thoughts, when they have opinions, when they have concerns, when they make announcements, when they lead shepherd's prayer, hear what they say because they're concerned. Support them. Let them know. Send them a message. Call them every now and then and go, hey, I appreciate it. Encourage them. Praise them. Uh, the Bible says that, hey, uh, the work of a shepherd or an elder is worth double honor. It is, it's, it's praiseworthy. Somebody who does a good job, let them know you are doing a great job. It's a hard job. And it's important that they hear that they are doing a good job. So let's wind all this back up for just a second. So we've talked about Jesus, the good shepherd. And we've talked about Jesus, uh, shepherds as in elders for a second. But can we go back to Jesus for just a moment? And look with me in verse 28, because this is absolutely, as we look in verse 28 and verse 27 for a second, I want you to note a couple of things real quick. Maybe my favorite verse in chapter 10, which is just loaded with good stuff, Here's Jesus who says in verse 28, notice what he's going to do for his sheep. I give them eternal life. What makes Jesus so good? He can do something that nobody else can do. There is nobody that can give you this other than Jesus. And you have got to have him as your shepherd. He has got to be your shepherd and you have to be his sheep in order to get this eternal life now all of this sounds so good and I can sit back and go I need shepherds in this church that lead me I need a good shepherd that gives me eternal life but did you know Jesus says in verse 27 there's two requirements that I'm going to expect of my sheep note verse 27 for a second he said if you're my sheep you are going to listen to my voice and you are going to follow my lead it means that you have some responsibility as a sheep. you got to listen to his voice. You can't, I can't figure out how you can know the voice of Jesus if you're not spending any time in this book right here. If this never opens, this is where you're going to hear Jesus' voice. 
I, I watched a YouTube video uh, several years ago. I couldn't find it, or I showed it to you. It was a couple of shepherds, and, and they were walking into town, and one had a, a group of sheep behind him, the other had a group of sheep behind him, and they met in the middle and visited for just about two or three minutes and just had a little talk, and then they went on, and one went this way, one went this way. But as they had walked out, I noticed all their sheep got mixed together. And I thought, oh my goodness, they're going to spend an hour trying to sort out which one's mine and which one's yours. But the interesting thing was, was as they separated and got about 10 feet from one another, they just kind of turned around and hollered back and said, let's go. And his sheep knew exactly his voice and took off. And the one of the shepherd, the sheep of this shepherd over here knew his voice and they took off and went. There was no confusion. They knew their shepherd's voice. I need to know Jesus' voice. I need to know what he wants for my life, and it's going to require that I spend some time in this book. We've got to be listening to the voice of Jesus. We've got to be reading who Jesus was, all of it, the red, letters in red, the words in red, and the words in black as well. We've got to be paying attention to this. My, my friend Mike Souter, he's a, a preacher, and I love Mike. Mike's dad wasn't a Christian. And Mike had done everything he could to encourage his dad. He said one year he bought his dad a brand new Bible, wrote in the front of it, presented it to him at Christmas, and said, Dad, I would love for you to hear the voice of Jesus. He said multiple years later when my dad passed, never giving his life to Christ, he was in the attic going through his dad's stuff, trying to get everything out, trying to figure out what he was going to do with everything. And he said he came across a box of Louis L'Amour books. He said, my dad loved Louis L'Amour. And he said they were obviously very well-read books. And he said inside the front cover, he had written the date every time he had read that Louis L'Amour book. And sometimes there were a book that might have six or seven dates in it where my dad had read this book seven times, and he read this book three times, and my dad read this book three times. And he said, boy, my dad loved Louis L'Amour. And he said, and then it broke my heart because in another box I opened, I found my Bible that I had given him for Christmas. It was still in the box. There were no dates. It still smelled and looked new. Nothing had been underlined. My dad had not heard the voice of Jesus. It's easy sometimes to be distracted by things of this world. But our job is to hear Jesus' voice. We need to spend time in his book. And then notice, the second thing up there, you've got to follow his lead. That means it's not just about hearing what he says, you've got to do it. And I like that because, I mean, uh, Jesus goes, hey, don't just memorize what I've told you to do. Do it. Uh, can you imagine me leaving my kids a, a note when I leave town and go, here's the five things that I want you to do, and, and while I'm gone, you get these things done. And when I come home, they had not done a thing. What, why haven't you all done it? Well, Dad, we, we read the note. We, we can memorize a note. We, we memorize it. I can, get, I can quote the rote note back to you word for word, Dad. Uh, we made a little song. We can sing it so we could memorize it a little bit better. We all made copies of it to carry in our wallet so we would know what the note said. But I'd be frustrated because i go, why didn't you do it? And here's Jesus. We have lots of Christians. Pharisees were that way. But sometimes we have Christians that, oh, they hear the words of Jesus, but they're just not really good at doing what he's asked them to do oh i would quoted lord and the lord goes but i need you to do it do what i ask you to do hear his voice 
follow his lead. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing. And if you've never given your life to Christ, this is a great day to do it. Confess him as Lord. Be baptized. Maybe you've done that and your relationship isn't what it needs to be with God. And you realize, hey, I need that good shepherd. Somebody's willing to pray for, pray for you and pray with you if you will let someone know. You can come as we stand and sing in a moment or uh, you can catch somebody afterwards. I'd like to take just a second as we close to have a word for our, our, our shepherds in this church and as we begin to look for shepherds and then we'll stand and sing. Would you pray with me? Father, as we, the people of your pasture, the sheep you fo- who follow you, as we start uh, looking for shepherds in this church, we thank you for the ones we have and we ask that you would bless them. We're thankful for the good shepherd, Jesus. And we're thankful for this church has shepherds that lead, protect, and encourage us. Father, we invite you to be at the center of this process as we look for additional elders and shepherds to lead the body of believers. Open our eyes to those who might serve. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's name, the shepherd of our souls. Amen. Let's stand and sing at this time.